Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I think the answer to communication is it's not so much about what you say. It's about the questions you ask and how well you can listen. That's what quality communication is. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of the show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. Lately, I've been thinking about how clear I am with how I want to utilize my time and to make sure that I'm not doing things with my time that distract me from what my intentions are. So for example, in my past, as you guys well know, I've traveled quite heavily. And this year, 2020 is really about creating processes for the company, being really, really honed in on my fitness, just very particular things that are important to me this year. And traveling actually detracts from that, detracts from the goals that I have. Um, we have an amazing team at both Women in Tech and We Are LA Tech, and I just want to make sure that everything is absolutely fluid and we are operating as efficiently and collaboratively as possible. And it's very exciting. And for me, because I have traveled so heavily, living a quote-unquote boring life is actually <laughs> a, quite a thrill for me. It's new and very cool. So it's really cool to set that intention and know exactly how I want to be spending my time and then ask myself as I'm going through the weeks or days, am I making decisions in alignment with how I want to be spending 
my time for the goals that I want to achieve. So I don't know. I'm all about the clarity. Let me know if you guys have thought about this too. Seems like it's a new year, new start for a lot of people. I mean, it is a new decade, right? Anyway, enjoy the episode. Bye. companies and talent all over Los Angeles. So excited to have our next guest with us. Hello, Jacob. What's up? Uh, Let's get into it. So everybody has context. We've been talking for quite a while. So I feel like we've talked a lot. So we're going to try to like bring it back to the basics so you guys know who Jacob is and why he's on the We Are Light Tech podcast right now. So go ahead. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. And I'll try to stop being so informal. Totally, totally. Yeah, my name is Jacob. I'm the CEO of Flighthouse. We are the largest entertainment brand right now on TikTok. So we have 23 million followers, I think, as of last Friday. Whoa. Snap, 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 snap. Dude. Snap. Yeah, 23 million. That's crazy. So uh, we've been operating the brand for a couple years now. And, you know, we have a lot of like really awesome segments for our fans. And in addition to the brand, we also have kind of a white label marketing agency where we work with a lot of right now, a lot of the music industry to run campaigns and sort of stepping into kind of the brand space and, you know, working with different companies there. So those are the two main focuses we have right now. But it's a little bit about what we do. And where in L.A. is Flight House based? Uh, Hollywood. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you're the CEO. Yep. And how long have you been with Flight House? Um, it's been about two years now, like a little over two years. And what attracted you to wanting to make this career move to run Flight House? So basically at the time before Flight House had really like came to be is I was basically doing a lot of A&R work for our parent company, Create. And so, uh, you know, I was signing a lot of clients and running marketing campaigns and through my work doing marketing, I came across uh, Flight House, which was um, on Musical.ly at the time, because before TikTok was TikTok, it was Musical.ly. And it was just a large kind of curation page that, you know, we saw some potential in. And so we ended up acquiring it. And, you know, at the time I was probably like 18, 19, I think. And so the original owners who had the page were like 16, 17. And so, you know, we all were just kind of hanging out and they didn't want to have anything to do with the page anymore. And so they sold it to us. And then we kind of just put kind of a vision and a system behind it. And we definitely went through, you know, a lot of trial and error in that first year. But I think at this point, we're definitely hitting our stride with kind of what we do. And now we're going to get into what is TikTok and all the things and how Flight House is a really important brand to be paying attention to related to TikTok. But before we go there, you're not from LA. You moved to Los Angeles from El Paso, Texas. And so when you first moved to LA, what area did you pick and how have you been finding connecting with the business and tech community? Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I'm from El Paso. I moved out to LA when I was 16 and I moved into uh, the Culver City area, which I love by the way because it's just so clean and nice and family oriented because now I'm in Hollywood and like I always say this about Hollywood but it's like one of America's best kept secrets like how dirty it is sometimes and like it's cool like I like how gritty it is but it's like you see the Hollywood sign and then you're just like walking down like Hollywood Boulevard like running for your life at night but anyway little side story <laughs> no it's no, true so um, I moved to Culver City That's how I feel about Venice really <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I moved to Culver City and uh, the co-founder of Create Alex, him and John kind of flew me out. And so I was staying with Alex for the first three months I was in L.A. So I was just in like, Culver City, in Culver City. Yeah. I still remember the address, actually. I don't want to share the address, but I will share the street. Bagley Ave. It's iconic. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I was staying on his couch and I was there for a bit. And as far as connecting with like the tech community, I mean, it's been... 
I think I, I, I'm so involved in entertainment at this point that like tech is kind of a, you know, one of those things that I'm not like super, super active in. But I think just in general, I think uh, because we do TikTok and everyone's trying to figure yeah. it out from entertainment companies to tech companies to really anything, I think it's opened up a really cool world for me personally to be right. able to connect with anyone at this point because anyone can benefit from TikTok, whether it's from a marketing standpoint or content or publicity. So it's like... It really runs the gamut on that end. Totally. And speaking of Culver City and TikTok, yeah, TikTok Culver. is located in Culver City. Yeah. Tell us TikTok because a lot of us don't understand it. I was doing a podcast interview yesterday and somebody said that they felt they had to jump off right away because it was all kids game. Mm. Then I met with a, a bunch of TikTok employees yesterday and mm -hmm. they said that once you start liking things and engaging on TikTok, the algorithm is in your favor and it's supposed to be the happy social media where mm. you walk away feeling... More smiles, more entertained, unlike the other social platforms where you hate your life and you're like, I'll <laughs> never have an insta-perfect life. Yep. Tell us what is TikTok in the adult playground? Like, yeah. how does it relate to us or is it a kid's game? Totally. No, I think, I mean, even if you ask TikTok, they say that they're, you know, mostly in kind of a 18 to 24 demographic. And so while there is a lot of young kids on there, there also is a very active adult community. And for example, like there's this one brand that we have called This Side Up and it's like a DIY brand that we've been experimenting yeah. with and we do all original content. And, and, and just to be clear, he yeah. doesn't mean adult as an adult. He means like grownups. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. no, that's what I meant. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Not, I remember not early in my career, actually. No, early in my career, a lot of you, I would imagine, you know, a company called AVN Adult Video Network and mm. AVN actually used to do a lot of stuff with Yahoo. And so there'd be oh, a really? lot of tech events and AVN had the leading information on how to build in technology. I mean, another oh, story wow. for another time. <laughs> another podcast. <But laughs> just to be clear, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, we put out this one video of this like wooden bowl creation and the video got probably like 40 million views. And a majority of the comments were older adults asking like how we made the bowl, where to buy the bowl. And so that was when we sort of understood that there was a big community of adults on TikTok. While it might not be super prominent based on the marketing and who the big influencers are, there still is a, a very active adult community. And I think when it comes to how, quote unquote, adults activate TikTok, I do think, I mean, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. There's that aspect and there's also somewhat of a B2B aspect. I mean, I think like the example that I'll use is like Gary Vee and like some of the education that he implements on TikTok, which yes, can be geared towards a younger aspiring entrepreneur, but also, you know, I'd imagine that most of his audience is probably between 18 and 24. And, you know, look, it's a young growing platform, but I think it, in a similar fashion to how YouTube and Instagram at this point now have like, you have content for kids and you literally yeah. have content for adults. I think TikTok is turning into that just, you know, every day more yeah. and more. Let's get into Flight House and TikTok because it actually took me a while even in looking you up to understand like what is Flight House to mm -hmm. TikTok. And now that I get it, I'm like, oh, and so I think I'll lead with you guys are looking to be a modern day MTV. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's a good way of looking at it. You know, the way that I explain it to people is just to keep it simple. It's like, you know, the way that BuzzFeed was born out of YouTube and, you know, even Complex at this point, like we're just leveraging our media brand off of TikTok and we make a lot of content primarily for Gen Z that just happens to be leveraged off of TikTok. But we also have full versions that are, you know, between three to five minutes long that exist on 
our YouTube channel and our IGTV that get a lot of plays. But yeah, that's essentially what we are. We're just a media brand. I think like MTV is one way of looking at it, but you know, any media brand in the landscape. And so, uh, yeah, we just kind of use TikTok to sort of leverage our audience and kind of get like a dope product in front of them. And yeah, that's like essentially what we are. Did you mention that your channel just surpassed 23 million followers? Yeah, 23 million. That's, I mean, congratulations. That's huge. Road to 30. How is LA supporting Flight House in your access forward? Are are there resources? Are there events? Um, different mentorship opportunities? Different networking opportunities that have been an advantage to you by being in LA and specifically in the tech startup mm. world? Or is it really you're more on the music side of things? Yeah, I'm definitely more on the music side of things. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, even tech at this point. I still personally am like, I know that what we do is driven by tech, like TikTok itself is tech. And I think as we grow as a business, like we're going to have to get more data oriented and we're going to have to implement technologies naturally in our business because it's like if we're not implementing technologies, you know, we're not going to innovate quick enough. So I think tech will eventually be a bigger part of our business. As of right now, it's mostly entertainment and music focused. But I mean, as to how people have been supporting it, I mean, I think LA is just like, it's all about how you kind of take advantage of it. Like I think, yes, in any city, you can capitalize off of networking opportunities. And I think even since I've been here, you know, I've definitely been very proactive in like just going to music events and just saying yes to the right opportunities and meeting more people and putting myself out there. And so that's grown a pretty big network for me. Again, like I want to kind of integrate tech a little bit more into what I do. But yeah, I think uh, there's not a specific group or mentor that I'll kind of point to. But I think just in general, in LA and specifically like Hollywood as an industry, everyone is very receptive to the innovation that we're making in kind of like the short form mobile content landscape. I mean, you've even been featured on a lead article by the Rolling Stone, mm-hmm, right? That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. That was a really cool moment. Yeah. So basically they they had announced like this like future 25. And so it was their like inaugural class of innovators in the music industry. And so they chose me as like one of their, you know, people to choose. And I thought it was really dope. I was like looking at the list and like Pharrell Williams is also on that same list. So I'm like, technically, you know, like he and I have something in common now. Um, but yeah, it was really dope. And it's funny because I think even something that you and I were talking about yeah. yesterday is the way that I got that article yeah. is there was a panel that I was invited to and, you know, they didn't cover flights or hotel. They they had, or I think they might've done a hotel discount, but point is they didn't really like go above and beyond to like take care of us, which right. is fine because sometimes these opportunities, while on surface level, you might not be getting paid you're getting exposure potentially in front of clients or, you know, people that you could be networking with. And then because of this panel, I met the writer who did the article and she thought I'd be a good fit. And if I didn't do that panel, there probably would have been a way less likely chance that I would have been on her radar. hundred percent. It's something that I struggle with all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When, when to say yes, right. um, When to say yes, when to say no, when to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. when to be more explorative. I definitely feel that I go to South by most years just Mm. for the exploration of it. Like not knowing what will come out of it. Um, Totally. There's so much that goes on at South by so much, so much, so much. Yeah. Okay. So you love what you do. Mm -hmm. I love your leadership style. Thanks. Can you share with us a little bit about how you lead? Yeah, for sure. Case in point, I think leading by example is probably like the most important thing where it's like, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk as well. And that can mean, yeah, can, that can really mean anything from, you know, if you're working with an employee 
to finish something up, staying with them through that process, unless you got to be somewhere. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, I came out here to like really do something. And so if I'm not taking full opportunity to really take advantage of that and I'm just like, Oh, okay. It's like, you know, 7 PM, I'm gonna go home and chill. Like that's never the case. I mean, I agree with you. I think boundaries are important and I think there's time for boundaries, but you know, unless you really got to go home and you're really burnt out, if you got more energy and time in the day, like stay there and, you know, finish up the project. Leading by example, I think communication is like so important. And the problem with the communication thing is it's like very gray area. So it's like, what does communication mean? Does it mean just verbally talking to someone? Because then I communicate every day, right? But with a team or just partners in general, like I call it, I'm sure I I was thinking about it this morning, actually. I was like, I'm sure it's like a term, but I've always called this over communication where it's like, if you feel like one of your partners or one of your team members or employees maybe has some kind of an attitude stepping out and being like, hey, I might be overthinking this and I probably am, but I just noticed this and this and this. Like, right. can you tell me more about this? And maybe there's a 50% chance that you're accurate and a 50% chance that you're not, but it's very important for you to step out and do that because if you don't and it is a problem, it'll just continue to fester. And so I think just communicating and, and being vulnerable in the sense of like, just being approachable and being someone that people can come to for questions and ideas and being open to communicating with. I think that stuff is, is super, super important. I think the answer to communication is it's not so much about what you say. It's about the questions you ask and how well you can listen. That's what quality communication is. Completely. And what I also really appreciate about in your leadership style is that you like to elevate your team. Mm -hmm. Like everybody listening right now, when they're taking a beat and taking a step back and wondering, okay, am I communicating Mm. effectively with my team? Am I elevating my team? What's that mean to you to elevate your team? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. When they're taking a beat and taking a step back and wondering, okay, am I communicating Mm. effectively with my team? Am I elevating my team? What's that mean to you to elevate your team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, you know, I think about this a lot, right? Yes, it is important to elevate your team, but I also think something important to understand if you're working for a company, if you're running a company is under my leadership style, hard work gets rewarded. It's not specifically about how hard you work. It's about the quality of which you work. So you could get there early and and, and leave late. But if you're not giving a quality product or a quality performance at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult to elevate that because you can still work your ass off and have a shitty attitude about stuff. Right. So I think just when I observe hard work and quality work and because it's hard it's hard at the end of the day it's like it's not just putting in the hours like you really got to know what you're doing at as well and and that's that's what's not easy about all this is that it's not only about the hours you put in but it's about how well you can understand something and it's like are you willing to step out of your comfort zone and are you willing to honestly most importantly care just care about something and so the way that i elevate is um you know elevate your team yeah yeah elevate my team is um I mean, through a number of ways. I mean, I think I, this is definitely something where I wouldn't say I'm like the best at, but it's something I'm conscious of is 
look for me, and this is where I've always stood with praise is I'm not going to give somebody praise unless I genuinely feel like they deserve it. Mm. And I'm not going to praise somebody just for like a, a little pat on the back. Like, Hey, like awesome work. Keep it up. Like you really have to impress me. But the, the thing is, I don't want to say that I'm hard to impress, but I recognize very quality work when I feel it. And I'm always quick to point out that those observations and that in addition to just like, as the more of the press comes trying to give more opportunities to give panels to the team and the people who want it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll just end it there is that I think like as the opportunities come in for panels and, you know, press, where are there stories to talk more about the team of the people who are really helping move the company forward in ways that I can never do by myself? I mean, in the, in the little that we've gotten to know each other, it really seems that you're not ego driven. Mm -hmm. But I think the role of a CEO typically is, you know, it's a glamorous position, right? You get all the attention, you're running all the things, you're dictating everything. Mm I think it's something really wonderful that I wish more high level executives would take a moment to like reflect on how, how to put your ego to the side. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you could share on, on how do you maintain that authority, but also not be driven by the authority that you mm. have? Right. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, but like at the end of the day, no matter what, like it's funny because I was talking with my friend the other day and, you know, I think we were just talking about the important principles to have in your in your work, you know, like having it be something you like to do and, and blah, 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 blah. And we sort of ended the conversation by saying, like, and most importantly, have fun. Right. And I think it's it's a goal that, like, obviously we all want to strive for is like just having fun in your work. And so. I mean, I try to exemplify that by just not taking myself too seriously and, and maybe to a fault sometimes where like maybe I mean, look, I believe in work hard, play hard, where it's like you can crack jokes in the office and and, you know, make people laugh and all that. But like get your shit done at the end of the day. So it's yeah. like, you know, because there's people that will just joke around too much and, you know, to the point where they're not being as productive. Right. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't really take it too seriously. I mean, I think like I'm just here to I literally said this the other day, like I was questioning because I got started in all this when I was 14. And so I started to question like, am I still as passionate as I was when I was 14? Do I still question? Yeah. I was like, do I, do I still feel like I, my soul's like on fire and like, this is something I really want to do. And, and I thought about it and the answer wasn't no, it was just, I focused that energy in a different spot. Right. Cause anybody can say whatever vision they want for their company. They can say like, Oh, we want to be that next MTV and blah, blah, blah. But if I'll be honest, if I'm saying that we want to be, the next MTV that doesn't light my soul on fire. Like I'm not fired Mm -hmm. up by that mission because I think what we're doing is something different and I'm a big believer in a quality process, right? Anyway, what I was saying earlier is I told my team this. I was like, what really makes me passionate is helping everybody become the best versions of themselves. And and that's I That's so cool. Yeah, and no and I and I and I I told everybody that and I really mean that because and that's where communications comes in, right? Yeah. Is I can be talking to someone and I enjoy when somebody tells me, "Hey, I'm really frustrated with this right now because I really want to be doing this." I'm like, "All right, how can we put you in a position to grow? Or, you know, what are the things that maybe you're not telling me or that I could benefit from or we could benefit from if you told me like what right. you're going through? And so I like to just have that that honesty and that communication. And I genuinely want to see just everybody on the team like do great things. And, and I want to see us do great things. And I want everybody to really feel that. But I think it's more than just saying, all right, we're going to be the MTV for Gen Z. You guys ready? Let's go. I think there's a big process involved in that. So I'm passionate about about helping people and and putting people in a position to succeed. I think on the ego side, 10% of the time, maybe I have to channel that authority. If it's like, it's not even a team thing. It could be anybody, but like 10% of the time, which is so little that I can even think of moments where I have to channel that authority. Cause I'm, I think it's a, it's a mutual kind of respect thing, but 
you know, you also kind of need to keep people in line at the end of the day. And, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of egos out here, you know what I mean? In, in especially LA. in Los Angeles. Yeah, 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 yeah especially yeah. out here. And so you kind of just need to, you know, just just put people in line a little bit sometimes or just, you know, what, what again, it doesn't matter who you're working with. It could be a partner or like maybe it's someone you want to avoid working with because they are too prideful. But I don't know. To answer that question, I mean, like I just I don't mind the attention, but also something I've learned about myself is that. I'm one of the more fit to have the attention, if that makes sense. And there's actually people that are like, I don't really want to, you know, take it this far. Like I'm cool doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I would think that everybody would want the press. And for me, it just kind of, I just kind of fell into it. Like, I'll be honest, when I started this, I wasn't by any means chasing this position or this exposure, but also, you know, I'm very conscious of like, very, very conscious. Cause it's easy to get into a cycle where, you know, everybody's wanting to talk to you and the publications are hitting you up. And so I'm always conscious of like, is there an opportunity for me to shine light on somebody's work because they deserve it? And that's the key thing. You also lead with a foundation of gratitude. So I think all of that keeps you just like really beautifully grounded as you're driving a company that's creating the future of our content. Mm -hmm. And so you're a team of 15 right now. Mm -hmm. Have you guys fundraised? Uh, no, we haven't fundraised. So basically when I was working at Create, I brought up the idea to kind of the leadership there, like the CEO and the COO, and they thought it was a good idea. So I became a partner in the business. They funded a lot of the first year. And then now we've kind of hit a point where we're making a lot of revenue. Um, so I think in the past like year, it's just been a lot of growth. I think, I think this year we're going to experience even more exponential growth, but yeah, I mean, they kind of put in a good amount of money yeah. in the early stages just to kind of get so it off the ground. So they kind of incubated, uh, Flight House within the company. With, within, it's called Create Music Group. Yeah, Create Music Group. And so you're kind of a founder of Flight House, your founder CEO, sort of. A little bit. I would consider Andre and Aries, the kids who started it originally, to be more of the founders. But like, I de- it Are was- they still involved? No. So they were involved for like the first year. Okay. Uh, just based on, you know, an agreement that we had. And they kind of stepped off at some point. I, I don't think they really had the vision that like we had for it. Right. I mean, granted, they caught lightning in a bottle. And I admire that a lot about like what they built. But I right. think, you know, we were able to take it to the next level really like quick side story. It's funny. Cause like, I've thought about it before. Like I, I started to have a little bit of like an identity crisis at some point because I was like, now I'm kind of like, okay, I understand where I'm going, you know, right. but at some point I was just like, you know, thinking about flight house. And I was like, I mean, it felt a little fake to me cause I started getting a lot of press coverage and I was like, you know, they were calling me this young executive and I was like, but what have I actually done? I literally just found the page. We bought it. We're now we were at a point where we were trying at the to the time flight house was a page. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a page on musically, which it still is yeah. technically just on TikTok. So it wasn't this company at the time. It was more, it was basically like, like uh, an influencer account or something. Yes. That uploaded remixes and edits for like other influencers to use. Right. Got it. Okay. So that's how they kind of got their following. And I thought about it and I was like, I mean, am I like a real, like, you know, if it felt like fake to me or it felt like I was taking advantage of somebody and I felt like it almost felt like I was just kind of taking this attention or taking this concept and then getting all this attention for it. And it felt like kind of phony to me. Right. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, look, I use this analogy a lot, right? It's like, there's the example of like, you look at somebody like Ray Kroc and McDonald's and it's like Ray Kroc saw what the McDonald's brothers were doing. And he was like, he found a way to turn it into something bigger. And he was like, I see that you guys 
have something, you just don't know how to take it to the next level. Right. Would you be interested? And it takes that other person saying, yes, like, yeah. go ahead. Same thing with Starbucks, like uh, Howard Schultz, I think, like it was kind of a similar story. And so, you know, not to like, obviously, like I'm my own person, Flight House is its own company. I don't like the idea of comparing myself to other people's journeys. Right. But also, if you think about marketing and products, I think it's a 60-40 balance of importance, in my opinion. I think marketing is 60% of the game and product is actually 40. I think if you have a subpar product, but the marketing is phenomenal, I think you'll have more success than the product that's 60% there, that's 40% of the marketing. Right, right, right. Simply because that, that's just how important marketing is. I mean, marketing is so important. So important. Like you can have a better phone, but like Apple, because of how they market, right. is, will always be on top. And that's what, I think that's what Steve Jobs like really figured out was the marketing. And tell right? us, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Give us a frame of reference. What is Flight House? Like what, what does it mean to us? How is it going to be the MTV of the future? It's on TikTok. You monetize it. You're making a lot of money. Where do you make that money from when everyone's like, you can't monetize TikTok yet? Yeah, yeah. totally. So right now, like I said, we operate a white label agency. So because of all the exposure that we've gotten from, you know, having a big TikTok following and more companies seeing that and us being in the press, they're like, we're making it known that we operate kind of this like white label marketing agency. And so now we have big brands that are knocking on our door saying, hey, we want to have a page like you guys or we want to run an mm. influencer campaign or we want, you know what I mean? So that's so it's where, not the content itself. It's not the content itself. Okay. I'd actually argue that the content itself is marketing for our real business uh, right now. Ah, interesting. Makes sense. However, yeah. however, I do believe that's going to catch up to itself eventually, like maybe this year, where the content will start to be one of our main products right. through brand integrations, syndication, podcasting. Right. You know, we want to get into and all of that can be launched from the audience that we've built Very on cool. our platform. Yeah. That's awesome. So the M sorry, and really quickly, yeah. the MTV for the next generation. Again, yeah. You know, it was a dope headline. I think what we're building is something different. I don't even want to compare ourselves to where MTV was or anything. Yeah. But I do think that we are aiming to be a brand, and I do believe we're getting there, that combines the popularity of like where culture is at right now and real messaging. And so, you know, mental health is going to be like a really big thing we're going to step into in the next year in a really cool way that I can't say just yet, but I'll keep you posted with it. But I'm really, really stoked for this. And so it's like, we know those messages and, and, and it's essentially just being the top of mind brand for the next generation, right? From a content standpoint. And like, how do we make those big shows? I mean, look, just to answer your question a little bit more as to like how we can make money through our content is like, I'm really inspired by like Complex and what they've done with Hot Ones, where with Hot Ones, that show- Dude, it, Complex is a media company yeah, yeah, Complex and Hot is a Ones media company. is a YouTube show. Hot yeah. Ones is a YouTube show. That show is probably made, I'd assume, I could be wrong here, maybe I'm overestimating, I think over $100 million. Just that show alone. Through advertising, they sell their own hot sauce. They syndicate it to Roku and Hulu and all these channels. Um, I think those are like the main revenue sources, but there's uh, there's a lot of money to be made in content if you can hit it right. You know, even yeah. Snapchat, Quibi, they're all looking for content. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Totally. And I always like to ask, is there a company or a talent that you've come across lately who really impressed you? Yeah, I think the recent story that I'll give is like, do you, do you know Charlie D'Amelio? Do you know who yeah, that oh, is? Oh, the, the TikTok, the big TikTok girl. girl. Yeah, I, I think saw she her went, on Gary Vee's yo, podcast. Oh, did you? Nice. <laughs> so yes, I'm aware only because of Gary Yeah, Vee. nice. Uh, she went from like zero to like 25 million followers in like six months or no something time. like that. No time, yeah. And she's like her literally- Her sister's even over 11 yeah. million followers. Her dad's on TikTok. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, the, the, even the mom has like over 100,000 followers. Like 
it's very interesting to me to see like somebody like that. And then also, I mean, I, I respect a lot of like what the hype house is doing, which is like the whole collective built around Charlie and Lil Huddy. Wait, you know, so what's the hype house? So the hype house is kind of like a new group, like the new social media group that like Charlie. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to say, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that, but like, sure. Yeah. It's like a new group though, you yeah. know? And I think it's, undeniable and extremely respectable the amount of attention that they have right now and the amount of the hype house the hype house why do you think okay so team 10 is the collective that jake paul tried putting Mm -hmm. together for youtubers that seem i'm not sure it doesn't seem like who knows how is hype house different than team 10 do you think um it does seem in public eye that hype house is being taken more seriously than team 10 that's interesting that you would say that that's you don't think so I, i i think so yeah i think it's because jake look i don't the reputation of the YouTubers that created Team 10 in the first place? I mean, I don't I don't want to, like, call anybody out too much, I guess. Yeah. But look, when you're controversial yeah. and you disturb the peace and you do that for attention, there's going to be, uh, you know, yeah. there's going to be a side of there's going to be a side of attention that's going to be brought towards you right. in a negative way because you're doing a lot of this stuff for the right. attention. But I think what Hype House is doing a really good job at is maintaining this kind of like cleaner brand and like more focused on the quality and, you know, the people. And so, you know, I mean, granted, with anything that's going to be in the public eye, there's going to be people that are going to try and take it down and right. scandals that are going to be created and pictures that are going to be leaked, which is part of it all. But I just think it's up to the leadership of those groups, like the Hype House or Team right. 10, which in you know Team 10's case was Jake Paul, yeah. to be like, okay, we're going to set this car on fire in our neighborhood. And then right. now, you know, granted, it's going to get a lot of views, but then people are just going to have a bad taste in their mouth. And then there was also the whole, you know, I think what he did, like he ended up losing his, uh, his like Disney deal. And yeah. so just in the public eye it doesn't yeah. look good yeah no controversy can affect a, a brand's yeah. reputation of totally course. um where can people find out more about flight house um they can check us out on tiktok all of, actually all of our handles are at flight house and then uh you guys can look us up as well um yeah i mean we have a lot of articles about us that they can read i want to get a lot more into like linkedin like figuring out linkedin a little bit because i feel like it's pretty untapped into but yeah they can yeah. look us up on tiktok i think that's where you can get a sense of our content and then we like we're gonna start publishing more of our case studies this year and stuff on our website so um we're figuring all that out right now but yeah i think i think our tiktok is a good place to check us out and to find out more and connect with you where should they say yes, hello all my handles are at i'm jacob pace uh you can also just like can you um, spell it for everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. letter i letter m j a c o b p a c e and uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. Twitter, TikTok coming. Actually, I have a few TikToks people can check out. I just you have uh, more than one profile on like social media on on TikTok. Oh no 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 no! no. no. I'm 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 Jacob Pace on TikTok. Oh, as okay well. okay. Yeah yeah. Good. I said I have more than a few like videos oh, on there. Got it. Yeah, that people can check out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can check me out on Instagram, and then yeah, you can just see what I'm up to. On I those think platforms. one thing I'd love to close. Well, two things. One is what's your favorite tech tool like uh, app? Uh, uh, good question. Website, I, hardware. Anything? I use Mixmax is one that I use a lot. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like it's not like um, suit. I mean, it's it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I couldn't live without Mixmax. I think like Gmail is de- you know, just email in general. I'm like yeah. so grateful for. But like Mixmax 
is cool for just like the templates that you can make and fill out. What is out. Mixmax? Uh, basically, it's a tool where you can like schedule emails and then like if someone doesn't get back to you in like a certain amount of time, it'll notify you to like follow up with that person. Also, I like to use it for like templates. So if you're going to like hit up a bunch of people with the same message, you can basically do like, hey, first name, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I do this and this and this. Like I noticed insert message here. Uh, so I use it a lot when reaching out to like the press and stuff, just because it's generally a similar message that I'll like kind of switch up and stuff depending on who I'm hitting up. Cool. Yeah. And one thing I'd like to wrap up with is, okay, we're all LA tech companies or people interested in LA tech listening. Mm-hmm. What do we do on TikTok? Like we cre- we're get- we're getting off of this podcast. Yeah. We're gonna go create a profile. Go make, yep, go make. Content. And then we're gonna see fourteen year olds. <laughs> so so how do we make this relevant to us and our brands? Yeah, totally. I mean, it depends on what you do. I think. Look, I think, you know, you have companies like, I mean, you would say like Lyft is like a tech company, right? Oh, totally. 100%. Right. So Lyft, who does market a lot to Gen Z, probably has an interest in having a presence on TikTok. So I'm just going to use that example, right? So like Lyft could make uh, videos on TikTok and incorporate influencers and run challenges. And that's just exposure so that when the average user is like, oh, should I use Lyft or Uber? It's Lyft, right? And it's top of mind and it's marketing and that's what they put money into. So that's just an example. I mean, it depends on what your company does, but I think TikTok is still, I think any platform is the Wild West to an extent. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I think it's like just try stuff out. And I think TikTok is the perfect platform for just trying stuff out and being like, let me see if this works. And it might not work, but it's an experiment and it could blow up. So you never know. I do think it's, one of the few platforms right now where you could literally create a video today and quickly get to a hundred thousand viewers yep. just randomly. Yep. I mean, more yeah, we, so than Instagram or YouTube. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've even had videos that like, you know, whether it's running for clients or for our own page that will get anywhere from like a, a million to 40 million views just on one video. And how does that convert to a lead or outreach beyond that? Or do people pass by it pretty? It's like view on to the next. Mm. I'm just going to use the example of a few different things, right? Like you look at something like Charlie D'Amelio, who has 25 million followers yeah. on there and like, you know, probably gets at least a million likes a photo on Instagram, which is pretty insane. And then a brand like ours who has, you know, 23 million followers on there and from a channel, you know, that we've built in the past three months, it already has like 150,000 subs and all those people found out about our content because they came from TikTok. So you can convert them if you put them in kind of the right funnel of like where they can, you know, go to check out the full product, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And everybody check out. There's a new event called TikTok Canvas. Um, It's in L.A. It's in Culver City. They just had their first event um, this week and they're going to be having I think this is going to be an ongoing event series. It seems like so definitely check out TikTok Canvas on TikTok on Instagram. I see that they have a handle. I think it's like TikTok Canvas L.A. And don't ignore TikTok. It's not just for the 14 year olds. Totally. Yeah, there's a big community (laughs) on there. Totally. It's for everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. This has been awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to say that we didn't cover? No, that's it. I'm just excited to keep going. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. You guys, I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Be sure to say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, all the things. Bye. Hey guys, my name is Jacob Pace. I'm the CEO of Flighthouse. We are the largest entertainment brand on TikTok with 23 million followers. We're based in Hollywood and you are listening to We Are LA Tech.
I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table, and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launch season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.